What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano, and this is The Joe Pomp Show. Formula One has agreed to renew its U.S. broadcasting deal with ESPN for another three years, according to Sports Business Journal. ESPN will pay around $75 to $90 million annually, up from the $5 million per year they currently pay today. And the deal gives ESPN flexibility to put a small but undetermined number of races exclusively on ESPN+. So today's episode breaks down the details of the deal and what this means for the future of Formula One in the United States. I really hope you enjoyed this episode, but before we get into it, let's quickly run through today's sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Whoop. I've been wearing a Whoop for several years now and it has made a massive difference in my life. It's the only tech product that I wear 24-7, so it's pretty cool to see people like Patrick Mahomes, Rory McIlroy, Michael Phelps, and Justin Bieber wearing one also. Whoop automatically measures your respiratory rate, oxygen level, resting heart rate, heart rate variability, calories, and activity levels throughout the day. Sure, it might sound complex, but Whoop interprets the data for you so it's easy to digest and actionable. And now, their 4.0 is officially back in stock and shipping in real time. But here's the best part. Whoop is offering my listeners 15% off their Whoop 4.0 right now with the code Joe at checkout. So go to Whoop, W-H-O-O-P.com and enter Joe at checkout to save 15%. Sleep better, recover faster, train smarter, and now feel healthier with Whoop. Next up is 8sleep. 8sleep has dramatically improved my daily performance. For me, I was never able to get a good sleep because I was always too hot, but now I'm falling asleep in record time, faster than I have before, all thanks to my 8sleep Pod Pro cover. The Pod Pro cover by 8sleep is the most advanced solution on the market for thermoregulation. You can add the cover to any mattress. The temperature regulation will create the optimal sleeping environment by adjusting to each side of the bed based on personalized sleep stages, biometrics, and bedroom temperature. The results are proven to be true. Clinical data shows that 8sleep users experience up to 19% increase in recovery, a 32% improvement in sleep quality, and 34% more deep sleep. But it's not just me who sleeps on an 8sleep. The product is so good that it's garnered the attention of CEOs, Olympians, UFC champions, and even the Mercedes Formula One racing team. So go to 8sleep.com Joe, that's J-O-E, to redeem an exclusive 4th of July savings and start sleeping cool this summer. 8sleep currently ships within the USA, Canada, the UK, select countries in the EU, and Australia. Joe Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of Joe Pompliano and his guests are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion by Joe or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All right, let's get into this episode. Talk about Formula One and their TV deal in the, in the United States. Numbers Ooh. going up. Hey, Netflix should be getting a piece of this deal. They should. I joked a while ago that Netflix should be paying Formula One for that series, not the other way around. Or Formula, Formula One, One should be paying Netflix, sorry, and not the other way around. I think and Netflix should take a run at buying Formula One. Good. I don't think uh, Liberty Media would sell it right now, unless you, you know, I mean, you throw out some crazy number. Yeah. But how much? How it. much was it worth previously? They paid about four point four billion. There was some debt too, so the enterprise value was like maybe seven or eight. But pretty good deal looking back on it. So if Netflix would come up with ten billion, you think Liberty Media would sell? Probably not big enough. Return. Probably not. No. Yeah, twenty billion. Yeah. yeah not, not <laughs> so you're yeah. thinking, right? I mean, but yeah. Probably not as worthwhile though, right? Like this is an asset that they're already doing a lot of things with. You might as well just see that through. I mean, Netflix got $83 billion market cap. If they could somehow come up with 20 billion, right? Now remember that is also, I don't want to get sidetracked here, but that's also down significantly 
the stock used to be in June of last year was trading at over $500. Now it's at 187. I would make the argument though, rather than going and buying a business that they have to operate and do all these other things for, they should be licensing the rights to all these things, right? Because yeah. for the longest time, we've talked about this, right? Where the only thing valuable on live TV, literally ever, and specifically right now is, is live news and live sports. If you look at the ratings throughout the year, the top 100, 95 of them are, are live sports. The top 100 shows of the broadcast each mm -hmm. year from a viewer perspective. And the other five are live events, right? centered around the royal wedding or things like that, right? Good Morning America, or, you know, an event, an Oprah interview or something like that. So the fact that Netflix had such a big lead in the streaming era, and then now you're seeing all these other competitors not only go out and spend more money than them to license content or go create content, now they have the ability to go do this from a TV rights perspective, right? And if you're able to get sports rights, which Netflix wasn't able to do or was unwilling to do for a long period of time, you're going to have a significant advantage because essentially what you're doing is you're just creating a better TV bundle now on your streaming service. And I think Netflix made a huge mistake. And I think we're seeing that as part of their stock price now because they refuse to do an advertising tier for a long time. They refuse to do live sports. They refuse to do anything outside of just the traditional kind of content that they've been doing and spending money on to create over the past few years. And it's really hurt them. But if you look at what was happening with Formula One, Formula One, I think everyone knows this by now, right? Has has when Liberty Media bought them for four point four billion dollars a few years ago. The idea, and they've spoken about this previously, was to turn it from a sports organization to a media and entertainment company. That was their sole focus, and the Netflix series was a big part of that. But they did a bunch of other things too, right? They've changed some of the rules and regulations to try to at least make the racing closer, so it wasn't as processional and people weren't just following each other around. So I think to a degree, maybe that's helped, and and we'll see kind of how that goes over the next few years. But outside of that. They've made race weekends like mini festivals. Right now, there's concerts every single weekend. There's there's more races here in the United States. And they place a premium on the entertainment aspect of that. And some kind of hardcore racing fans or motorsport fans maybe don't like that as much. But I think it was necessary to expand kind of the total addressable market, specifically here in the United States. Why is that important? It's important because the United States is the most lucrative sports market in the world, right? The NFL is here, the NBA is here, and Major League Baseball is here. And the thing that most people don't realize about Formula One is they have a massive fan base. In some instances, their fan base, depending on kind of where you're looking and what numbers you're quantifying, is two to three times larger than the NFL. But the NFL makes eight or nine times more money in revenue than Formula One. And the reason they're able to do that, obviously, is because they make more money per fan basis than Formula One does. And it, part of that certainly has to do with the United States economy. It's the global market leader when it comes to an economic standpoint. And they're able to detach more fans from more money than, than other sports. So I think that was a huge part for Formula One. And now what we saw is, right, in, in TV rights, if you look back a decade even, Formula One was, was very small or if not even non-existent here in the United States because there was actually a period for several years where there were no Formula One races in the United States. And then they brought back the United States Grand Prix, which has been taking place in Austin for a while now. And that was the sole race where they would come to America every year. And they had races in Canada and Mexico, but, but in the United States. And now they've expanded, right? So now that the sport has become more popular, they went from averaging a couple hundred thousand viewers per race in the United States to now it's well over a million. Some races are even getting 2.5 million or more, right, for, for the big ones that are on ABC during the middle of the day. So when you look at these numbers, it's expanded tremendously. It's three, four, five, six times the audience that was there previously. And you can see that in the numbers of the TV deals, right? So years ago, ESPN actually got the rights to Formula One for free. They literally broadcasted the event. They were just That's like, crazy. Yeah, broadcast right? Because if you're Formula One, you want a bigger audience, you want the distribution, you want all these things. ESPN wasn't willing to pay for it because they're not able to make a, a great return on it, right? Depending on the value. That fee eventually went up to $5 million, which is what Formula One pays right now. So they, or ESPN. So ESPN pays Formula One $5 million a year right now to broadcast races in the United States. 
which is a crazy low number for a million and a half, two million and a half viewers, right? Relative to kind of what other sports would be able to charge. So everyone knew that number was going to increase given kind of where they are today and then the trajectory of the sport also. The real question was not only how much, but who was willing to pay it, right? And the rumor is now, the the guys over at Sports Business Journal are saying that ESPN is agreeing to a deal if they haven't already agreed to a deal to renew the rights in the United States for at least three more years with Formula One. And the fee is going to go from $5 million to somewhere between $75 million and $90 million per year. So a drastic increase in the number that they're actually going to pay per year. So this led to a few different questions. Right now, in the United States, ESPN, all they really do is they just take the Sky Sports broadcast and they broadcast it on ESPN. Very easy, very simple, very clean. And a lot of people like it because Sky Sports this is what they do, right? This is, this is how it, it should be done. They do a very good job relative to what ESPN might be able to do as a new entrant into the sport. So the rumor is that they'll continue to do that. And there is one interesting caveat of the deal, though, because people say, okay, 75 million to 90 million, up from 5 million. The races right now are commercial free. You don't see a single commercial. There's not even inbox ads. There's none of that, right? But if you move to 75 million to 90 million, you get in this weird territory where like, okay, that's a lot of money. Like we got to go make some money back through advertisers. But I don't think that they're actually going to end up doing that. And some other people have floated this idea around also, because as part of the agreement, the rumor is that they're going to be including an undisclosed or undetermined amount right now, but a specific number of exclusive races that are only on ESPN plus. Interesting. Right. So if you're Formula One and you say, okay, we want the races to be commercial free, we still want the advertise or we still want a broadcast on ESPN when all these things, maybe you're willing to give one or two races a year that are exclusively on ESPN plus. That seems crazy. It does, but it doesn't, right? Because they're paying $75 million to $90 million a year. Dude, for you, you can't make for exclusive where your fans can't watch the race? Only they, in the United States. Only in the United States. Only in the United oh, okay. States, right? right? So it's a million, a million and a half people. Formula One does have their own streaming service, which mm-hmm. I think is interesting, right? They have F1 TV, which I would argue is actually the best deal that you could possibly get because it's like a three, four bucks per race weekend <laughs> and you get everything. But so they'll do it on there. And for ESPN, it makes a lot of sense too because now you're able to appease viewers yeah. because it's commercial free. But maybe they also sign up because they want to watch the one or two races that they wouldn't previously get. So I think it's a unique way where they're able to kind of please both parties, but also see an economic return from it rather than just commercials. Does this increase the popularity of F1 because it's on ESPN and now everyone can watch it easily? Yeah. So it, supposedly there was reports that Amazon actually came in and bid $100 million. So it could be $25 million or 10 to $25 million above what ESPN is going to end up paying. Of course, that would be exclusively on Amazon. So it's a closed network compared to ESPN, mm-hmm. which is on cable and, and more of an open network. So I think that was a thought process behind it. And then also like ESPN took the gamble and you guys helped build the sport a lot, really. Like they probably don't get nearly enough credit as just being an accessible partner when you're trying to build up the sport and it's on their network, giving them the ability to go and market it to a bunch of different people. So I think that's been huge. And then like, you just don't want to change partners, right? It's much easier for an extra $10 million to have this open network that's a good partner that has been marketing your sport, that's helped you grow tremendously, that you're going to be with for another at least three years, potentially more. So I think it makes a lot of sense in the context of that especially because Amazon, right? Like if you're that close network in my mind, when it comes to sports, you have to be willing to pay a multiple above what other people are willing to pay, right? Because the sports networks, while these streaming platforms are big and are gaining a lot of subscribers, they're still smaller than the reset you get on traditional television right now, at least. I think that'll probably change over time, but right now the reach is smaller. So I think you have to be willing to pay a premium on top of what cable or linear providers are willing to pay because you're, you're limiting the reach of the sports potential. Yeah. When you start trying to analyze Liberty Media, these deals, is there like a math equation that they would use for how much money do we get versus exposure? Or can they like 
put some sort of financial number on the exposure? Yeah, I, 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 there's plenty of people that will come up with uh, interesting equations or, or formulas that determine kind of the economic value of everything, right? From TV impressions to social media impressions to distribution to marketing to commercials, all this stuff, right? And I think that's more for ESPN, right? Like ESPN is trying to figure out, okay, if we're going to spend 75 million to 90 million, like how are we going to get that back? And I think part of that is ESPN plus part of that is people watching the network. Part of that is the pre ratio, post ratio, like people watching the race, getting people to turn on the TV. I think that's a huge part of it. But at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, this has to make sense for, for, for formula one. Also, you have to find not only the highest bidder, but someone who's willing to help you grow the sport, right? Cause if you're in the United States, you still want someone who's going to be that partner for the long run as you're adding more races that will help distribution that will help grow the sport, help attract more fans. And I think that's probably a huge part of why ESPN was chosen as the winner, because even if you're not willing to pay an extra $10 million a year, 75 to 90 is still a drastic increase from the five that you were getting previously. And it's hard to argue that ESPN still doesn't have that, that size and that reach, right? Just from their cable distribution alone. Sure. People will make fun of ESPN all they want, but at the end of the day, they have, they have a massive audience on cable, online, on digital everywhere. Yeah. Is Apple a player here? Like you mentioned Amazon, you mentioned ESPN. Apple obviously has started to bid on stuff, the NFL, whatever. Yeah. Is Apple the only other player that could be interested or well, are there so other like streaming platforms? The, yeah, there was- Peacock, uh, are they making Netflix a was reportedly interested at first, right? Okay. I, I, I really don't know why. Part of this is Netflix has always had this mantra where they just stick to what they're good at, right? Which is the, they want to be exclusively focused on what they're good at and, and for that mission, which I think has worked for a long time and they built a really big and impressive business because of that. But at the same time, right, you need to figure out kind of how to shift your business and grow and, and, and attract more people. So there was rumors that Netflix was attempting to win this bidding rights. I don't know if they ended up even submitting a final bid, but they weren't included in the list of three people that that Sports Business Journal had. I think that Apple, like all these people are going to be players eventually. It's just a matter of time. And you're going to get to this unique place where the linear television providers have to continue to up their bids because their, their model is reliant on these rights. And then you have the digital companies that are getting more cash and more cash and more cash. And then they have the ability to go out and pay more money. So you get in these bidding wars now where the biggest beneficiary of all of this are going to be these sports leagues, right? We saw it with the NFL, who now is going to get paid a billion dollars a year by Amazon and has over $100 billion over 10 years committed. We see it with Formula One now where you have Amazon coming in. And if they're willing to pay $100 million, that raises the price for ESPN, right? Even if they want to admit it or not. Baker Mayfield told me Hulu has live sports. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, that yeah. is what they're all trying to do is they're all trying to play this game where who can get the live sports and who can do it. The only other bidder that would be fascinating. They don't have enough money right out of the gate to do like the NFL, but F1, $100 million a year, DraftKings or Barstool and Penn National. Like yeah. that's a drop in the bucket. And if all of a sudden you were the exclusive live of these things, imagine how much traffic that would drive to these betting apps or, or these platforms. Well, especially if part of it too is you're just repurposing the broadcast of another network, right? That ESPN's is using Sky Sports Broadcast and they're, and they're repurposing it on their channels, which I think is unique. But at the same time- you don't I, have to have all the infrastructure actually go and yeah, capture it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's some, right? ESPN will probably try to do more. I think they're going to try to do like a pre and a post ratio and more content around it now that they're like fully going to own it for a few years. But at the end of the day, it goes back to what I said previously, which is like, if you're Formula One, you want as much distribution as possible, right? You're willing to even take a haircut. They literally gave it to ESPN for free at one point. They literally mm -hmm. said, just broadcast it because you want to grow the sport. You want people to see it. And uh, you get in this place where it, it's not necessarily worth the money, right? Even if DraftKings came in and said, we're going to give you $150 million. It's probably not worth it to Formula One, that incremental $50 million in the grand scheme of things per year 
it's you know a small percentage of their budget, but it's also probably damages their long-term growth. I appreciate you. This Peace. is fascinating. I could talk to you for about this for a very, very long period of time. Thank you for teaching I us. I appreciate y'all. Hope you had an incredible weekend. Woo! The boy! All right, everyone. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, I appreciate you listening to The Joe Pomp Show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify so that you don't miss any episodes going forward. And if you are looking for additional content, check out my daily newsletter at readhuddleup.com or follow me on Twitter at Joe Pompliano. I hope you have a great day and I'll see you next time.